no no cats harmed in the recording of this podcast <laughs> to the Avi Om experience and this conversation is very interesting very fascinating and that's you know we're so, so we're speaking to Julian Julian is a friend of ours a uh, a passionate passionate person who, who walks this path both through meditation and through yoga he had so much information to share with us that I almost felt that I could not edit anything out and and really I didn't want to edit anything out i wanted to leave the conversation in as a whole as we were having it he was just you know obviously you know julian was connecting and through that connection he was just spewing out all this wisdom and all this knowledge and and really just inspiring us and so avi and i just typically just sat back and we just absorbed the information that he was lending us once again i just want to start with this enjoy this week's conversation with a dear friend of ours so, Julian, uh, we've talked uh, offline about um, the sincerity and the complexity of our world today regarding yoga and meditation. And I would just love for you to share your viewpoint on what your definition of yoga is. So what does yoga mean to me? I mean, talk about a loaded question. <laughs> it's uh, it's, it's kind of like one of those, like, what isn't yoga? sort of sort of thing but um to me one of my one of my teachers put it um quite simply and she said yoga is movement with breath and intention and um you know and in in, in there's there's so much wisdom in, in simplicity because it allows us uh for, for for expansion for so much in the way of interpretation and how we can move from that um and and for me yoga uh, to, to expand on that, yoga is is, is a lifestyle. Um, it's a lifestyle that includes breath, movement, and intention. And movement, not necessarily just being physical movement. I think that's a that's a small but a important important part of the yogic practice. Um, I think what what we're seeing in the Western world is a type of yoga that is, that is asana centric, which is, which, and, and what I mean by asana is movement exercise. So I, I think for a majority of us that practice yoga with regularity, it might be better defined if we say, I'm going to go to asana practice, or I'm going to go to, to, to movement practice. Um, and because the whole intention of that practice was to prepare our bodies to sit and meditate. Um, <clears throat> now, this this is like I said, it's it's a bit of a loaded question, so it's going to need to take some unpacking. Um, so I'll be jumping around with this definition, but 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 yoga um, by lifestyle. I mean, I, I look at things as as saying conversation with with um, with friends, with family, with strangers. I think the, the, the bigger umbrella of the yogic practice really sets in when we're tired or when we're hungry um, or when we have kids to deal with or, um, or when, when things aren't going the way we want them to go. So 
I think the, the physical practice is a good start. I think that's how most people get in. It's kind of like the gateway drug of the whole yogic practice because then we get into a, a philosophy that allows us to take a step into self-inquiry. And, and to me, it's this self-inquiry part that's quite valuable. And what that means is what's meaningful to me and then how do I express that? Um, so, so yoga being, again, going back to this idea of breath with movement and intention um, allows us to sink into present moment awareness. And that present moment awareness really allows us to sit in the seat of the witness and say, okay, what's coming up for me? And then how do I engage with the world in, in a meaningful way, in that way that's meaningful to me sort of thing. So, um, so in our United States Western model, I think our physical asana practice could be the best in the world, actually. So I think we're top of the list when it comes to that. We have so many teachers, so much curiosity and passion and connection with our body, which is like, whoa, we have this thing. Let me move this. Let me move this organism. See how it goes. Ooh, what if we try this? We're not, we're not, um, we're not bound by any sort of system where this is the way it has to be. So people are getting very creative. They're mixing styles and mixing techniques. They're, they're even mixing genres like, like Qigong and yoga or Feldenkrais and yoga. Um, so, um, <clears throat> so in that, we then can unpack from, from there and we can look at, particularly when we step into Patanjali's form of yoga, who, you know, could be, you know, one of the, one of the, the, the forefathers of the practice, he wrote the sutras. And, and in that we see his eight limbs or the, the Ashtanga. Um, and the eight limbs is, is really a path or a way to step into liberation or a model of, again, self-inquiry, personal growth and development. So that's Patanjali's style of, of yoga. Those are the eight limbs, which would be meditation, um, breath work. There's actually three types of meditation that he talks about, focus, concentration on spirit, and then, and then complete absorption or the samadhi or the union with all. Um, and then prior to those, you know, he has sense withdrawal, which is that present moment awareness that kind of coming in and saying, okay, let me turn off the noise that's around and step in there. And then, you know, even before that, he has ethical practices, which are practices of nonviolence, which are practices of honesty and integrity, which are practices of moderation. And then he has kind of physical cleansing practices, things like purity. So these are the these are kind of the limbs now there are different types of yoga um in regards to things and there's there are other styles so there's there's something like karma yoga and karma yoga is the yoga of service which you know another, another way of saying that is, is is charity or giving yourself for the sake of, of of someone else or something else um these would be the folks that are working in in working in nonprofit areas um that are that are doing a lot of contributions philanthropic works, that sort of thing. We have, um, we have bhakti yoga, which is a devotional type of yoga. And that devotion is, is a, a very prayer centric. It's a lot of chanting and a lot of just, let's just drop right into spirit. Let's just drop right into spirit. Let's just drop right into spirit. Um, we have yana yoga, which is, which is a, a type of yoga, which is, which is study, which is, which is studying scriptures and texts and learning. 
Um, then we have Raja Yoga, which is really more of a focus on meditation, or they call it the Royal Yoga. And um, that's, it's kind of a mix. It's kind of a mix of all of them. So what we're, what we're seeing, so I know that's a lot. It's kind of a lot of stuff. It's like, holy moly, this is, you know, this is already kind of uh, dense and deep. So, so <clears throat> we have this big expansive area of yoga. And then where most of us fall is asana centric, where most of us fall is hitting the mat, going to class, moving our bodies. And again, that's good. I think that's a positive thing. I think the, the better we feel in our body, the, the sharper our organism is, the, the greater chance we have of, of, of doing these other forms of yoga out in the world. Um, <clears throat> I also think it can be a bit of a, um, a bit of a rabbit hole. Because in the asana-centric model, there can be the striving toward, you know, getting more twisty or getting more bendy or, or, or landing that handstand or landing that one-armed handstand or that one-fingered handstand or, you know, levitating or whatever it is. There can be, there can be an overemphasis on the physicality, whereas we really need our body to work well and move and function and become fluid. So then we can go out in the world and do the other things. So in that, there are, in this asana-centric model, there are trappings. And, and what kind of gets me um, a little bit is, because I like, to, I like to, to look at these things and say, okay, what are the ethics? What's the self-inquiry? Who am I? What are my principles? What's my yoga, really? And my yoga is social, is environmental. Um, it's civic in a certain capacity. There, there is a service component. There's a devotional component. And I, I think one of the simplest ways of looking at this is saying, okay, we have a yogic industry. And as we've spoken about, asana-centric. <clears throat> and then in that, we have stuff. And, and the Western model, U.S. capitalism, is really good at stuff, is really good at material objects, and um, is really good at making stuff look cool and feel good, but might not necessarily have the highest regard for where it comes from, who's making it, how it was, how it was packaged or, or kind of delivered. So, so what we see in, in the yogic world are people that are starting to step into a practice. They're getting good. They're feeling good. They're feeling like they've, they've had a sense of achievement. They're taking yoga teacher trainings They're doing all sorts of stuff. And then they drop in and you have companies um, that will say, hey, you wear these clothes. You can become an ambassador to us. We'll, we'll support you. You support us. And we're going to give you cool, cool stuff to, to, to show. And again, it feels good. You feel loved and supported. Um, and then, but I think that that's where the other part of yoga comes in. That's where the part of ethics come in. That's where if we go to the first, we go to the first yama, which is nonviolence, and we, we, we can use that as kind of a benchmark and say, okay, what are the nonviolent practices of, of our clothing companies or, of, our, or of, of the choices that we make when we purchase something? So to me, this is stepping into a yogic mind step and stepping, up, stepping into a yogic process is saying, okay, well, I'm not going to buy this thing that feels good and looks really cool because they're not transparent with, with their labor practices or, eh, you know, they don't source ethical, sustainable products. 
not gonna, I, I can't do that. Or, you know, not quite sure. It's, I think there's animal testing along the way somewhere. And I don't know if that fits with my philosophy. Um, so, so, so I, I think it's, I think it's important to, to, to take a yogic mindset into what we are doing with our time off the mat and in the world sort of thing, um, <clears throat> by investigating our choices, our monetary choices and, and what we're doing in the world. So to, to help with this, you can, you, you can investigate, you can internet research all sorts of stuff and say, okay, where, where does this clothing come from? Where does this, how does this, da, 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 da. And you can get overwhelmed very quickly, but um, lucky for us, we have some amazing people that have actually put things together for us already. And there's a couple of um, smartphone applications that I really like. One of them is, um, is called Good On You. And Good On You allows you to type in your brand, or your brand, the, the, the thing that you're thinking about buying when it comes to clothes, and it, it will evaluate them. It will say, you know, this product is three out of five, or this product is five out of five, or this one, eh, not so good. So I would recommend for any anyone really wanting to step into a kind of a yogic principled mentality, before you buy your clothes, check it out on the app, see what it says. Are you okay with a three out of five? Are you okay with a five out of five? Or are you or are you are you not gonna do one or two out of five? You know? And I think you'd be surprised. And at, at what you find in the yogic world and clothes that particularly align with the Western yogic mentality and how they're stacking up. And I think that's really important. Um, another, another smartphone application is called Bicot, B-U-I-C-O-T-T. And the, the, this app allows you to choose your... Um, your, your principled things like, for example, I'm against um, animal testing or I'm, I don't want MSG in my food or I have this political view, so I want to support these, these political issues and, and not. And, and then you kind of have to have the, have to have the, um, the kind of the, the, the gusto, the, 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 the intensity to, to actually scan that product, that thing that you might really want. And I've had, I've had breakups along the way with certain companies and things. I said, oh, their parent company donated to a political cause I didn't like, or oh, their parent company um, is a part of this group and they don't really support fair trade, that sort of thing. So I think these kind of applications can be can be very useful in our choices. So that's just kind of one one component. Um, and then there's there's another component of what's happening with kind of the yogic industry and and you know let's go back to that definition breath movement with intention. And I think there's there's a there's a consumption of time and energy on our on our smartphone devices. Um, on our phones or on our tablets or on our computers in which we're kind of pumping social media. And I was actually talking with a, a, a you know, well-known yoga, yoga instructor. She's got a great following and a, and a great career. And I noticed she's spending a lot of time on the phone, a lot of time on the phone, taking pictures of everything here. No, wait, before we do this, I need to do this. This is for my business. This is for my business. And I totally understand that. And then we were talking about the perils of, of what these, what spending so much time on these devices does. 
And her response was, well, I want to stay present. <laughs> and I, I couldn't help but, but, but I couldn't help but let it, let it, let it chuckle out. And I'm just kind of like, you can't help but stay present. <laughs> there's, there's kind of an inherent irony within that statement, um, considering you're viewing the world through, through kind of uh, a lens, a screen. It's, it's, it's the, it's, it could be the antithesis of being present. And, and it, we were talking about this, and it was funny because she had this book that was sitting there, um, which is called Irresistible. And the, the book Irresistible was talk, talks about some of the perils of technology and how and how many of the titans of our technological world will actually limit their kids' um, TV time, computer time, phone time. And some of them have limit, like, limits that we might think to be extreme, like an hour a week sort of thing. Um, and, and one of the most striking things that I found out of it in this book is that it was talking about how through social media and through our use of, of, of the phone, we've begun to degrade our ability to empathize. And uh, what I mean by that is it's easy to send someone a text message or an email um, dealing with tough stuff or even happy things, celeb celebratory stuff. It's easy to do that stuff. So we're, we're losing the heart-to-heart -heart connection because we're just a bit removed. We can, we can even, you can even break up with people or argue with people via text message or email. You don't necessarily have to call and talk to anyone. So, so this, this, um, this notion of empathy, I think, is, 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 a, is, is a really deep core human issue, which is, to me, could be one of the most troubling things um, and one of the most challenging things in, in, in the technological era, particularly, um, uh, particularly for, for the future generation. So, so, so again, let's go back to yoga now. And yoga, the definition being union, being coming together, being connection being yoking to something. And, and, and I, I think that, um, that, that the ability for us to connect with our fellow humans is, is what brings us together is, is what can be so inclusive. And I think what we're seeing, what we're seeing now in the world is, is, is a bit of an exclusivity, not, not elitism, but an, an exclusiveness, a separateness. And I think it then becomes easy to see, people as other. And when someone steps into that space of other, it's then very easy for them to, for, for us to say right, wrong, good, bad, yes, no, I like them, I don't like them, sort of thing. As opposed to if, if we were a bit closer empathetically, we might say, you know, don't necessarily like that stance or that viewpoint, but I understand that this person is coming, this person is coming from a place of hurt or a place of sadness, or a place of joy, or a place of product of their upbringing. What's going on, love? Not much. How are you? I'm doing good. What's going on in your world this evening? Oh, well, um, it's been a busy day full of sessions. It's been a gorgeous day here in Michigan, but by the time this is posted, hopefully we'll still have some gorgeous days, but we're hitting some 50s and sunshine today, so it's nice fall day. Right. So when this comes out, it's probably going to be in the winter on a snowy day. The uh, it'll nice. It'll be good. Nice to reflect back on this day. 
for sure. And and I I kind of just want to get into this conversation uh, that we're we're about to have, and I really don't know where where to take this conversation other than it's going to be interesting because the way I'm looking at it is maybe misleading in the sense of using that word and how we are being misled, meaning that, you know, we, we're signing up for one thing and we're getting another, or we assume we're getting one thing and we're giving another. And I almost feel that this conversation that we're about to have and the conversations that you and I had will really dive into this topic of being misled. And maybe I can, um, does that even make sense the way I'm, I'm explaining that being well, misled down this path? No, because the listeners don't know what you're talking about. Well, I, I refer it more to, you know, I go back to that idea of where, you know, people may say one thing, right. And we're misled down this other path. Now, you know, people may seem or sound trustworthy and they're not. And this is, and, and I don't want to call it manipulation because, you know, I think that's too strong of a word, but I feel that, and, and I'll bring this, this word back in several times throughout our conversation and how I feel that we're being misled or taken down this path. And so why don't you uh, let us know who we have with us and maybe he can also obviously help us understand how this concept is larger than it's, than it seems so we are speaking with um, one of my dear friends that I um, have met through technology and then had the pleasure of meeting in person a few years ago at a retreat in Costa Rica. And we've stayed in touch. And uh, he was supposed to be coming here in October uh, to the studio. And then we had our little glamping debacle <laughs> so we had to reschedule mm -hmm. so we decided to do the next best thing uh, pronto which is get a podcast scheduled and then get him back here um you know next year springtime so he can come back and uh, share his wisdom i'm excited to announce uh, julian devoe is uh, here with us um he, one of the reasons i am so inspired by Julian is his authenticity. Um, when I met him in person in uh, on retreat, um, there's people who, yogis and people who, um, who say they do the work, but don't authentically do the work. And he was one of the few people that I know who authentically, um, passionately, uh, do the work. So we've had several conversations offline about yoga and meditation and consciousness and awareness and things like that. And it, and it tended to be that we were so much in alignment on viewpoints that, um, it's, it's so inspiring whenever we get on the phone or whenever we're messaging that it's like, it's, it's like, if we're messaging, it's like, yes, yes. And like, if we're on the phone, it's like, hallelujah. You know, this is this, we're not the only ones who, who think this way and, and who believe this way. And, you know, obviously you and I are on a very straight and narrow path. It's just something that, that we choose and something that we are, are dedicated to. So when you find someone who is also in alignment on the path, that is, um, very 
in a very strong belief system as well, then it's super, super awesome to have these conversations with. So that's why I was super excited to have this conversation, but it's super cool for you too, because you get to share a conversation first time with him also. Yeah. How you doing, my friend? Yeah, doing well. Doing well. I'm looking forward to, to chatting and yeah, see, seeing what comes up. Thank you for the wonderful introduction. I appreciate it. It, it um, you know, I'd be remiss to, to, to not say it. It, it feels good to be seen. Yeah. You know, it feels good to be seen. So thank you. So, yeah. so, yeah. so let, let's go ahead and I just want to dive right into it. Cause I say there's, there's a lot of information we want to unpack. So, I mean, what's your views of authenticity and the way AV just kind of broke it down? I mean, what's your views on that? Cause I mean, I think we're seeing a lot of that where, you know, it's almost becoming uh, popular. You know, it's like a fad kind of thing where people are not being authentic, but they see that there's an opportunity, whether it be yoga instructors, meditation certified instructors, Reiki healing is at all time high. I think now they have like level 55 Reiki masters now. <laughs> so what are your... <laughs> Only takes two weekends. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, I just have, I'm going to, I can see where this conversation is going already, but um, I just saw um, something come across um, uh, a media platform where someone was teaching level one and level, level two in two days. And I'm like, um, what is going on here? That's actually a long time. <laughs> right. <laughs> that must be the long version. Oh yeah. my God. It's so crazy. So, so Julian, what, why do you think this is happening? Uh, yeah. Yeah. A couple of things. And, and first, um, I, I, I actually was just with a treatment with my dog in which Reiki was done. I think Reiki is a very valuable craft. Um, I, I think there is a process in learning and developing your energy around it though, which I think is kind of where, I think is kind of why we're, we're, we're laughing a little bit, um, in, in that whole thing. Yes. Um, but yeah, so, so, so where do I stand in it? I think it's, I, I think it's, a, it, there's a combination of things going on. Um, and, and, and one of those things is that there's, uh, whether we like it or not, there's an image of what a, a yogi or a meditation teacher is supposed to look like or not necessarily fit or, or supposed to be like. And I think that's kind of like fit and vegetarian and happy all the time and, and kind of like a, a resource for, for wisdom and, and, and this sort of thing. And, um, and then that, that image is propagated through, through different networks, through, you know, our mailing letters or our social medias or um, the fact that we want to be, you know, received by people in this way as being stable and solid, considering it is a bit in the, the healing arts. So I think there's a there's a there's an image to uphold to a certain extent. Um, and, and I think many people that have that do have deep practices have gotten to a place where they are very comfortable with themselves and very comfortable with who they are and, and in essence kind of shines through and and is optimistic or positive more of the time. Um, so, so I think, I think that's something, something to do with it. I, I think also being able to show the world that you are, or being able to show anyone, let alone the world. I mean, there's this thing, show the world, you know, sometimes it's more about just showing your friends or your family that you are hurting or that you're upset or that you're mad. Um, and then that brings up all sorts of inner child stuff. I could be scolded. 
Um, I don't want, you know, I'm, I'm a dude. I'm not supposed to cry. I'm not supposed to, you know, express emotion to a certain, to a certain extent. People are going to make fun of me or, oh my God, I have this image. I'm supposed to be, be uh, a beacon of light or I'm supposed to be vibrant for people around me. So I, I think it's very hard to, to show people that we're, we're vulnerable or that we're having a bad day. Um, so I think I think that's that's part of it too, and and that that comes from uh, what I think is 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 a process and a practice in which we can step into ourselves and begin to get comfortable with our discomfort, and we can step into a place of saying, you know what, I'm having a bad day, and it's it's okay. I can accept myself, and here's where this really cool spiritual practice of acceptance comes in, is we can say, you know what, I'm I'm feeling angry. And I can accept that right now. And, and then now, how can I respond as opposed to react to the world? So um, I, think also, I think also part of it, uh, what we're seeing is we're seeing a lot, a lot of disingenuousness in the world. It's hard to trust people. Um, and I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you an example. I was just doing, I just finished a, a 10 day um, juice water cleanse in Canada. And I was coming back from from that experience, you know, feeling very light, and, and it, it was and it was it was a very intense process. It was very emotional. It was uncomfortable, um, and I'm used to these sorts of things, right? So I was coming back. I was driving back to Central New Jersey. It's about a seven eight hour drive, and I just crossed the border, and I'm I'm talking to my mom on the phone and sharing with her, and I see a cop car pull out, and I said, "Oh, mom, I'm getting pulled over. <laughs> Let me call you back." <laughs> And, um, and basically I saw the cop come and, um, I, I pretty much just pulled myself over to the side of the road. It's seven fifteen in the morning. You know, he's coming after me. There's nobody, there's no one else. And I was speeding. It was clear. And my mom is there, were you speeding again? I said, yeah, I was kind of speeding. My... <laughs> and he comes up, he comes up to the car and, um, and I look at him and I, 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 I say, I know exactly why you pulled me over. And he kind of looked at me like, really? <laughs> like, did you just say that to me? <laughs> and, um, and he, and he said, well, why is that? I said, eh, I was speeding. And he said, yeah, yeah. How, how fast were you going? I said, eh, about 80. And, uh, he, he said, yeah, yeah, you know, I clocked you at 83. Okay. And, you know, I asked for my license. He asked if I had any, you know, warrants out for my arrest or anything. You know, I said, no. And I give him my license. And he looks at me and he says, let me see what I can do for you. And I was kind of like, okay. Um, and then, you know, he goes back to his car and he's, he's, he's a, spending a long time in his car and I'm like, Oh gee, I'm getting a ticket. Here we go. And he, he walks back up to the car after a few minutes, it was probably close to 10 minutes. He was in his car. He walks back to the car. And the first thing he says to me is honesty goes a long way. Wow. He said, I'm going to give you a parking ticket, failure to use your flashers. And he said, it's a lower, it's a lower fine. You don't have to show up to court. It's no points on your license. And he, he, he just said, you don't know how many people try and get out of this, this stuff every day. And I was, and I basically, it was just like, listen, man, there's, there's, there's so much BS in the world. I didn't say it like that. I used the, 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 the ill form of that. Um, and you know, you could see him kind of chuckle a little bit. I said, there's so much BS in the world that like, I mean, really, you know? So, so that's, that's kind of one of those moments of acceptance. It's like, oops, mm -hmm. I was speeding. 
you know, I'm doing my spiritual practice, but now I'm in the world again and, and there are rules and I need to play by these rules. Otherwise, someone's going to get me sort of thing. So, so I think that's one of those moments. So, so the moral of the story about authenticity is, you know, just tell the police officer you were speeding. <laughs> right. And, and take ownership of what was happening. Exactly. Exactly. So that's, that's, that's part of some of the authenticity. I, I think, you know, one of the interesting things too, when we get into personal growth and development, when we get into these arenas, there's a lot of excitement and there's a lot of like, whoa, I just read this or whoa, I just talked to this person. You got to feel this. And we get, we get charged up, we get, we get passionate and, and then getting in, Ooh, how, how can I, how can I be better here? How can I change this? Or how can I shift that? And I think one of the things to remember, which I remind myself um, frequently is that we all have blinders on to a certain extent. Um, and that means we can't see all, we can't see everything about ourselves that we'd like. And, and some, sometimes information from outside is very useful. Um, and I'm not taking away the inner guru model because I think at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's our choices. We need to take ownership and, and be in a sovereign state in order to, in order to, to, to move into the world. Um, but, um, so, so, so yeah, so, so I think that recognizing that we're not perfect, you know, let, letting ourselves off the hook for not being perfect and then stepping in and, and owning it. Exactly what you said, Aviana, owning yeah. who we are, where we are, how we are in all, in all of our glory in in all of our dysfunction with all of our neuroses, you know, because it's, um, it, there's a, there's a, there's a Hank, Hank Williams line. He, um, he says, um, unless, unless you ain't made no mistakes in your life, be careful of the stones that you throw. And I think it's, it's, it, it's easy for us to judge others and ourselves, but I think it's, it's, it's important for us to, 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 to recognize, to have our finger on the, on, on the BS button, particularly with ourself right. and, and to own who you are and know that that's enough. I think that's the thing is there's a self-worth conversation going on here. There's, there, there are parts of ourself that as, as that are still four years old and still five years old and still 13 years old. And it's okay to have errant thoughts and it's okay to have inappropriate thoughts or it's okay to curse every now and again, or to have differing viewpoints. And <clears throat> by stepping in and saying, this is who I am and this is where I'm going to start. And then the conversation can become interesting because now we are truthful with ourselves, And then, and then by, by interesting, I mean, we can then choose to say, okay, I can step into the paradox of being perfectly imperfect. And I can step into the paradox of saying, even though I'm perfectly imperfect, I'm going to choose to be better if I want to sort right. of thing. I wanted to, um, cause this has been like cycling around since you were talking about this and, and even just listening to you with what you're we're talking about vulnerability and, and, and so forth. Um, we were talking about Reiki a few moments ago and, um, and I, I feel it's, um, I'm Reiki, you know, certified. And so far that was one of the first things that, that stepped, uh, I stepped into on the journey. Energy is who we are. So energy is really everything. So if you channel that energy, it's incredibly powerful. Um, but I think this goes along too with where, uh, we were talking about yoga and meditation and so forth. Um, you know, I just came across this certification that was happening in um, two days. And um, and I was I'm not saying that it can't be done, but but this is this is my question to you. And, and if you're seeing this also in the world 
it seems as though that we're humans are in a really big hurry to get like 5,000 qualifications in the shortest amount of time. And if we go back to uh, a lot of what you were talking about in the beginning, you know, with, with Patanjali and this yoking and this union of, of the breath and awareness and consciousness, um, it's not about finishing the race first and, and, and throwing up a certification on your wall. It's about moving through the experiences of awakening, of awareness. Uh, you know, one of the, my favorite words is ahimsa, you know, nonviolence. You know, it, it's, it's pra- practicing these, these sutras and these, these limbs of looking at things at a much deeper level into this uh, state of awareness. That's why I was chuckling, yeah. you know, in the, in the beginning of this, because two days to go and look at energy, that's not like that's band-aid that's surface <laughs> you're not even touching the surface you know going through these things and this path that we're on is so much more about delving deep into the crevices of the self-inquiry of who am i and and it's not just about something that can be completed in a short amount of time i i feel that as humans we're afraid to go to that level because heaven forbid we might actually find something there right i'll put it to you this way i i um i took a training and it was a weekend with a guy named miatek verkus and miatek verkus is um is the most referenced bioenergy healer on the planet he's polish um spent half his time in poland and the other half in bethesda maryland and he, he was 74 at the time when I saw him, and he had been practicing energy work for 70 years. So he started when he was four. And he, his training is, is essentially two weekends um, for kind of like, I don't know if he even calls them levels. It's like, you know, part one and part two, just say. And part one is kind of the basics, and then part two is the maybe the more advanced or whatever it is, right? And, and his thing was, I'm going to teach you the technique. And then he would joke and he would say, the first 50 years is hard. After that, it's easy. It's <laughs> 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 yeah. about right, so I like, think. So it's like to, to learn the technique, I think you could do it in a weekend. I think you could do it in three days. But I think to master the technique or I think to, 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 to really get into it, it's probably going to take you about the time that it took him, you know, 40 to 50 years, say. <laughs> and, and, mm-hmm. and that's, that's kind of, that's kind of, uh, you know, to me, that makes, that makes a bit more, a bit more sense. It's, it's getting out and practicing, making mistakes, experiencing it, but then also like cleaning our, our vessel, staying clear. And I think it's, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I started practicing craniosacral therapy 10 years ago and I was learning techniques and starting to get good. It was like, wow, this is cool. Oh my God, there's all this stuff happening. And then just kind of plateaued in my practice. And then I went and did a, you know, shamanic journey in the Amazon. And all of a sudden I come back and like, I'm like, whoa, I'm experiencing more and feeling more and doing more. And, and then a cleanse and boom, another kind of like space opened up and another space opened up as I began to work on myself. So I think that's, that's very telling in the process and and to speak with the other to speak with the other um 
the, the other thing you mentioned about that people were in a hurry. Um, and I agree. I'm actually just working on a piece now, um, how to slow down in, 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 the, in kind of the modern world. Um, and I think that's really important. Again, we're looking at, we're looking at a world driven by immediate gratification. Um, the human attention span is now shrinking. Um, and, and things are coming in faster and we're asked to do things in shorter amounts of time and get more out of it. So it's like, well, how do we actually step back and slow down? Um, I, I'm actually in this practice right now. I'm consciously thinking about speaking slowly. I mean, I'm from the Northeast. We do everything fast here. You know, if, if, if the food's not out soon or if, if you don't talk a mile a minute, Someone else is going to take that time and that space. We kind of got to get it all in. So I think it's one of the things, too, also in regards to this is, is having credentialing and degrees and, and, and certifications and this, that, the other thing is that there's always going to be someone with more. <laughs> so you can kind of unhook from right. that phrase. There's always going to be someone right. that's stronger than you and faster than you and smarter than you and has more degrees and, you know, da, 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 right? <laughs> so... Um, so I, I think it, this, this goes back to the idea of practice. This goes back to the idea of, of, of practicing what we're practicing, which is breath, movement, and intention. And it's like remembering to breathe, remembering just to slow down. And a lot of the issues that we're facing um, mentally, emotionally, and physically, I think have to do partly with, with the pace at which we're trying to live. I think we're trying to live in this hurry up, very fast way. And, um, and, and one of the things I was talking about or that I'm writing about in this slowing down is actually making slower physical movements, right? Just, just actually do things slower, <laughs> like do it mm -hmm. physical, right? Genius. <laughs> like actually like take a minute <laughs> and like, just go like walk, like you're walking in slow motion, like actually slow things down, sort of, sort of, sort of idea. So, um, so I think that is, that's going to be a practice for us is, is, is slowing down. That's going to be kind of the, uh, you know, a thing that I think is going to help us navigate the world in the future, uh, mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, psychically, et cetera, is, is slowing, slowing down. And that was some of the, some of the, some of the shamans that I, that I worked with, um, in Peru, they would talk about that. They would say, they would say somebody to the effect of, you know, move slowly so you can travel fast. One of those, one of those like brain teasers, like, what are you talking about? You know, one of those like mm -hmm. Zen colon things. You're like, what? Move slow to travel fast? Like, that's the opposite. Like, that's, <laughs> what does that <laughs> what mean? What does that mean? <laughs> uh, just try it. Just, just, just go. And it makes a lot of sense because I think, as you said, like enjoying the experience, enjoying the journey, reveling in, in, in everything that it is, you know, not just trying to blow by stuff. And I, I think it's, it's, I see it in my niece and my nephew, you know, they're, 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 they're big now. My niece is 11 and it's like, whoa, she was just a kid, you know, I mean, years ago, but still it was like, whoa, this is, things are moving. So it's like, let's revel, let's breathe, let's enjoy. And, and part of it is, is it's, it's, you know, time flies when you're having fun sort of thing. And I think a lot of us, 
a lot of our time is not necessarily fun. So we want to kind of like get through it so we can get to the next thing. And it's, it's like this to a certain extent, it's like, it's also like a carrot on the stick mentality where, where you're saying, okay, well, as soon as I have this degree, I'm going to be happy. Or as soon as I have this certification, I'm going to have it. Or as soon as I've learned this, then I can teach that, or then I can do this, or then I can da, 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 da. And, and I think it's, it's the idea that what we were talking about before, accepting, being vulnerable, vulnerable, reveling in your experience, whether it's good, good or bad, popping in the question of how do I want the experience that I'm having when it's not what I want to be having, but when it's, when it's this, you know, when it's, when it's uncomfortable sort of thing. So, so yeah, I mean, and, and yoga and meditation and Qigong and personal inquiry and going for walks um, and playing music or whatever it is, or, or having tea. Um, these are all ways to kind of step into that, slow down, enjoy the experience, enjoy the kind of what's coming up. Um, I'm notorious for moving slow. People are like, man, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So, so let me so let me inter, interject and say that uh, the um and I I totally I totally agree with you with the with the slowing down. I read a book, uh, quite a few. I would say maybe like last year or the year before. It was called "In Praise of Slowness" mm. or something like that to that to that degree. And I even read something from uh, Mer- Merton Thomas Merton or something like that in 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 that phrase also as far as, as, as slowing down and you know, and kind of living that, that life of, you know, not, not the monk life, but the life of just, you know, just being with nature. And I, I think this is what I mean, you know, from the beginning, I said that we're kind of being misled down this path. And I almost feel that that's, that's the, the concept that we, that we have now is that we're being misled, meaning that we somehow feel that we have to be fast, you know, that fast equals success mm-hmm. you know and so and we're so we're, we're we're operating out of so much fear that we feel that if we're not fast or if we don't keep up we're going to get left behind and so it's almost like a you know a king of the mountain type of deal and then we're all you know racing towards that you know that end point finish line right. the finish line but i you know julian I, I completely agree with you in that you know the slowing down is really important it's one of the things that you know uh and now, and, and I'm just going to poke a little fun at you. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe we, you need to slow down when you're driving. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. <laughs> so we'll start, cha- yeah. start chapter one with that. Right <laughs> uh, but you, but you want to know something that I find fascinating is that you know, and Av and I have done this only because you know we talk a lot about the the, the concept of slowing down, and that is that um. You know, we, we, we typically say, just drive the speed limit for one day. Just drive the speed limit and see how many people pass you, you know, and, and where you question yourself. And I'm not just saying you, I'm just speaking in general, where you question yourself, where you, you, you constantly looking at the, at the speed to make sure that you're going the speed limit because you almost feel like you're not because you've got so many people passing you. Going the speed limit for a day or for a week really shows you how you know, the, the rush that people are in. Well, it's not only a rush that, that people are in it. It's that, um, 
people are in a race for time because we're multitasking. We are, we're a race against time, you know, whether it be women, you know, their clock is ticking to have a family or, you know, the clock is ticking when it comes to uh, relationships. It's, it's always a race against time. I'm racing against time (laughs) daily to try to get as much done as I can because there's, and now it's getting dark earlier, like super earlier. So it's like automatically the body you know, wants to, thinks it needs to go night night because it's, right. you know, seven o'clock at night and it's getting dark already. It's like, oh my God, I, I don't have all these, these things done that I need to get done. Right. So that's a race. That's a race you can't win though, love. Uh, no, you can't. You well, can't no win. Can. No one can. And I, I think it's, yes. I think it's important to, 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 to look at a couple of things in this conversation is that, is that um, it, it goes back to this place of accepting who we are, where we are. And I think sometimes there is that space of, you know what, the place I'm in right now sucks. And it looks like that person or that thing or that method that that person's been doing for 10 years or 20 years or 50 or 70 years, um, it looks like the place that I want to be. So I think there's a genuine excitement about that too. You know, and I think in some ways, in some ways, that's partly fueling this whole thing. Of saying, you know what, I can be better. I can do more. I, I can I can have more more contentment in my life and more peace in my heart and and that sort of thing and more more joyfulness um, in my world. And and I want to get there. And I think there's there's an urgency. There's like, you know what, I can get there too, sort of thing. So I think I think part of it is is part of our willingness. So not to not to not to throw shade on the whole thing. You know what I mean? And I think that that's part of the conversation. Is, is part of the conversation of saying, okay, wait a minute, why are we actually, because I noticed it in myself, I'm, and, and it's a practice, you know, as we were talking about, I'm writing these, like this slowing down sort of idea, and I'm like, I need to do more of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, and one of the things, I just I just came back from Ohio, I was, I was I, I, I run uh, food-based cleanses as well, and I was getting back from, I, I was in Ohio, and um, talking with a group, and, and we we were talking about eating techniques, and we had an Ayurvedic specialist in, and she was saying, take three to five breaths before you sit and eat. And I was like, huh, okay, yep, yep, I can do that. And then and then the good old chew your food, and uh, and it was like, mm-hmm. ooh, that one's scary. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, you know, I'm 36 years old, and and I need to actually think, chew my food slower. <laughs> um, and it, it's, and it's interesting because then I go, and then I go into this place and the, the whole, the, the hamster wheel in the brain starts going and, and there's like ju- self judgment, just being catapulted at myself. Like I'm 36 years old and I don't even know how to eat food anymore. <laughs> and like, <laughs> and then I, and then, you know, you, you think about going to the bathroom or something. And it's like these toilets, they aren't designed. We don't even know how to sit on this stool to make a movement. <laughs> What's going on in the world? No right? wonder, you know, it's like, I got to make sure to drink water. <laughs> yeah. You know? And, so it's, so it's, you know, so I, I, it's a practice, you know, like that's the first thing that I'll say is I'm not perfect at this stuff by any stretch. And the perfect example is getting a speeding ticket, actually going too fast. <laughs> I will say this too, is that, uh, and, and I don't remember which Deepak book it is, but he talks about when he's eating and I've actually practiced this myself. And it's interesting where, You'll eat something and then you put the fork down 
and you wait for it to like reach your stomach and then you pick the fork back up and then you take another bite and then you put the fork back down. And what I realized by doing that is that for one, it, it does take a long time to eat, but it's a whole different Experience. way of experiencing the food. Yeah. And I'll, I'll throw another one out there for you, which is one of my favorite is, is use your non-dominant hand to eat. Yeah. Oh. I was going to say that to the left. Hand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. For, for, for us. Yeah. 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 That's always a tricky one. And chop, uh. chopsticks is even more challenging when you're using your non-dominant hand. But oh, I think that's, that's the thing that's frustrating. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it's just like, like you, you just want to eat. Right, I'm just not going to eat because I can't do it. <laughs> so one thing I, I will say this, I've been contemplating this and I haven't told you this, A.V. And, and I, I, in this moment right now, I don't, I don't want to do the investment in it. And that was, which I feel the ultimate way of really, well, I don't want to say the ultimate way of slowing down is actually listening to records, you know, take, putting on a, a record. And because for one, you know, you're listening to a record on a record player, you know, you can't fast forward a track and, and most people don't even ever listen to an entire album anymore. Cause we're always streaming or, you know, media, we're streaming audio, but, and then when, when the, say, you know, side a is done, you have to get up and flip, you gotta it, over. flip it over and you got to sit back down and I've really been contemplating because I love jazz and well, you're and old school anyway. So I you... would just love to just get one of those record players, and I haven't done it yet because I just and then I so I looked at the records and see this is interesting because this is what ego comes in. So I looked at a record. I had no idea records were like twenty five dollars. <laughs> I'm thinking like I was really? thinking yeah at Barnes and Nobles they have the Miles Davis one for like twenty four ninety nine. I'm like oh holy my gosh! And then my ego is telling me telling me like it's two separate, right? We're two separate people in here. And my ego is saying, and I'm listening or he's, or who is listening and ego saying, Chris, that that's like two months of, of iTunes and that's unlimited, <laughs> yeah. you know, songs. Music, right? yeah. yeah. So why would you want to spend two months of iTunes, you know, just for one thing, you know, that's going to take you maybe an hour to listen to and that's it. And then, you know, of course I fall into them like, yeah, ego, you're right. You know, yeah, yeah I'm just going to, Add two more months of membership to my iTunes and instead of, you know, just investing in that, in, in that record. But I ain't no records with that much to begin with. I don't think they're all that much. You can. Well, the ones I'm, yeah. the ones I'm. And the, the interesting yeah. thing that I actually have a record player. <laughs> and um, <laughs> the interesting thing about records, which you, which you, you, you probably, you're probably aware of this as a cool thing, um, is that the sound travels in a wave, um, and the actual sound frequency, the sound current is different coming off of a record than it is coming digitally because mm -hmm. digitally it's ones and zeros. So it's like, you know, sort of thing. And, 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 and you bring up, I think you bring up um, a really important point is when I think of a record, I think of college and I think of my friends and we used to, we used to put on a record, we do puzzles, we would talk, we would hang out, we would have other stuff there too. Um, but it was it was it was more of a ritualistic experience. It was more of a communion experience. We we would talk about the music. We would talk about you know what was coming up for us, and we'd have we'd have the record on. And and you know you look at something like you know again in 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 South and Central America, something like coffee is a ritual. It was that experience like, oh, you must, you know, you've come in from your journeys, like come in and sit down and let's have a cup of coffee. And that means come and sit. We're going to hang out for three hours and, and talk. 
as opposed to like going through the drive through getting it to get your 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 bump so you can jolt you can you can get your fix and 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 get all the stuff done as fast as possible that you need to get done so and it's a conversation around time it's exactly that's exactly it it's it's how do we make time for ourselves in 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 these ways and and the interesting thing too uh or not interesting but one of the things is that it's gonna feel weird when you first when you first do it it's gonna feel weird it's gonna feel uncomfortable like oh this is, you know, this is a whole thing because we're, we're, we're retraining our brain, we're, we're, we're shifting habit, we're finding new ways to, to, to access our, you know, access our reality, I guess. And, and uh, yeah, I love records personally. And I, I think I think more records would be a good thing for the world. We could save the world by starting a record club or something. That's it. I think that's it. That's, that's it. it. That's it, Chris. We, I we think, got I, it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did that thing with the CDs that, that you get like uh, 105 CDs and you only pay 99 cents. And then, you know, you get like a bill for like a thousand dollars and you, no one ever pays it at Columbia House. I, think yeah, it was. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, so, my God. So, love, let me ask. Let me ask you this though, on yeah. a side note. You know, obviously we're talking, you know, I, I, I kind of led this conversation saying, you know, being uh, misled and, and the fact that I feel like this world is is this world is just as my personal view. This world is built or this world is becoming built more for the ego, more for the fast paced. And I know that, you know, obviously you talk a lot about meditation, obviously we've got a studio for it and in meditation, it's, you know, that stillness, it's that space, it's that slowing down. Why don't you, you know, kind of describe, you know, how that slowing down process is kind of activated, you know, during a meditation? Well, it's, um, well, mindfulness is a big, huge uh, word that uh, is trending right now in schools and universities and so forth. And obviously meditation is essential to slowing down and becoming present. Uh, going back to what Julian was speaking about, you know, in front of the lens being present. Um, uh, it's really, for me it, in meditation, it's, um, it's not about silencing the mind because I don't feel necessarily that the mind can be silenced. I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions because we have so many thousands, like there's many statistics anywhere between 50 and 75,000 thoughts a day. Uh, but having the space, we talk about space here in the studio, having the space in order to breathe, to become uh, aware, to become conscious, to allow any and all uh, synchronicities to arise. It's not what happens in meditation. It's just the space that's created uh, to breathe, to contemplate, to go into inquiry, to go into silence or mantra or whatever practice that is for each person who's doing it and it's about having exactly what Julian uh he was talking about earlier that's that's why you just you resonate with certain people because he was saying that he was saying you know the words it's it's about moving from reaction to response it's about having that and we've talked a lot about time in this conversation it's about having the 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 time in order to fill up to be in a place where you become mindful, you become conscious of what you're doing, you become aware of the ego when things are going awry, you become aware when you need to slow down, you become aware when something feels off and you need to redirect. If you don't have that space, 
or um, um, creating that space, then you're not, you're going to be in the perpetual loop of fight or flight, which creates all the reaction, which creates the drama, which creates the frenetic energy, which creates the being overwhelmed, which creates um, the urgency to get things done. So it's all about, for me, it's creating that sacred space in order to breathe. Bless you. <laughs> that that creating that sacred space to um, allow the presence to come in. The so one of the things you said earlier too that I want to kind of bring into this because I feel it they kind of both align in to to a certain degree. And earlier you mentioned these words, and I kind of love them. I wrote them down. You said wisdom and simplicity. And so now, when if I'm merging you know, meditation, what AV just said, and I'm taking what you took, what you said earlier, wisdom and simplicity. You know, how, how can both of those be married and, and what's the outcome when you bring in, you know, the meditation and then you bring in the wisdom of simplicity? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to, I want to share something quickly in, in regards to talking about space and then I will attempt to answer that. Um, <laughs> One of the things when you were talking, Aviana, about space, I, I was reminded of a Viktor Frankl quote in which he, he says, Love yeah, him. Love yeah, him. Which he says, between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space is our power to choose our response. In our response so lies, lies our growth and our freedom. So, so yeah, just throwing that in. And then, and then um, you know, me- meditation, wisdom, and simplicity. Um, yeah. How do we bring those together? Um, so I, I like what you, again, what you said about space, Aviana, in regards to it, not necessarily about stilling the mind. It's not necessarily about turning off thought or turning off that sort of thing. Um, which I think is important to understand that in regards to meditation, I had a teacher once tell me, he said, it's just like taking out the trash. You just, you, you take out the trash and then, and if you haven't cleaned your house in a while, you might have a lot of trash sort of thing. Right. Um, so yeah. one of that, one of those things is the wisdom and the simplicity is like, let, let's try not to overcomplicate what meditation is or what it, uh, what it is and what it can do. Um, and, and we all have our different techniques. So, so I, I think when it comes to meditation, it's something like find something that works for you. It could be doing guided meditation with a teacher. It could be going for a walk in the woods. Does it have to be sitting up or lying down or somewhere in between? Um, Look at bringing in a sense of mindfulness in your day, a sense of meditation. Maybe it's while you stand at line in the grocery store, you know, have your feet parallel, close your eyes and take three deep breaths. Um, And to me, that can be meditation while you're waiting for someone. So so I think that I think the where where simplicity would come in is is how can we just simplify in general, and then how can we simplify our meditation practice, um, and then I think out of that comes the sense of wisdom, and I think that's a, that's that's inner wisdom. Um, so then, so then I think you had this. I think there was a second part of your question, Critch, which is which is what what can come of that. And that's for you to decide. <laughs> that's that's uh, like, I mean, I could I can share a part of my experience, but I really think that's something that that as you sit and as you meditate or as you do whatever self inquiry practice, 
that is meditative or that puts you into a trance or into a zone, um, I think the experience is, is, is within, you know, and, and that's something that, um, are, can we chart it or can we scan it energetically? Probably we got machines for everything nowadays. Um, but, um, but, and, and, and I think that's the simplicity of it is, or that's part of the simplicity is that it's, it is your experience and whatever your experience is, is, is your experience. You know, I think that's something else that kind of can happen in, in the yogic new age world is that do this because this will happen. And I think there's, I think that's, that's, that's a bold claim for a lot of things because it's like, how does that person know what's going to happen to me in my, how do they know what my experience is going to be? You know, um, I think that's kind of an interesting sort of thing. So, which is something that I, I like to share with the people that I meet and, and the participants that, that show up to my events is try it, see how it goes. Like, don't trust me sort of thing. <laughs> I mean, obviously right. trust, Feel trust me to a mm -hmm. certain extent. Like you obviously think I have something to share. So try it, see how it goes. But if it doesn't work, it doesn't, it doesn't work for you. It doesn't work for you. And, you know, and again, as we were talking, is it, is it because you don't want to, is it because it's tough? Is it because it's hard? Is it because it's conflictual? Is it because you have to change? What is it? But, but try it out, you know, for your, for your, for yourself and, and, um, and, and get curious, get curious to, to, to see like, what does meditation mean to me? Um, I have a, have a piece on, on meditation in regards to, you know, uh, like think of 10 ways that you can meditate right now that, that if, if, if you, if you can strike the, the, the image of the yogi sitting in lotus position with the, you know, your thumb and your pointer finger together, if you can, and like, you know, what is meditation? What, how do you define it? How do you put, how do you put yourself in the zone? Do you even know you're in the zone? You know, I mean, I, I think for, for a, a musician, it could be practicing music. I would say that's a right. meditation. Um, or it could be fishing for some people or, or knitting or doing a puzzle or, or, you know, going for a walk in nature or, you know, how can we step in that space, step into that space as you're talking about, how do we create space? And if we really want to go simple, a technique would be putting your hands to your belly and just focusing on your breath, counting down from three, <laughs> you know, start small, set a goal mm -hmm. and, or, and then, okay, now I'm going to count down from five or now I'm going to count down from six or 10 or whatever it is. But that can be a simple meditation. One of my favorite meditations is trot talk meditation where you light a candle and you stare at it or you gaze at it rather. Um, and, um, and that's it. That's the meditation. And then you just see what happens sort of thing. So, um, so yeah, Chris does. It's just letting go. Is right? it? It's just letting go. Mm -hmm. Let it, yeah. Right. Does is that it? kind of answer your question? I don't know. Yeah, no, no, for sure. For sure. It's, it's kind of like what, you know, obviously what, what the, the equal or what comes out of it, the, the sum, you know, is, is the experience that anybody is actually going in there for, but it's about, you know, like you're saying, it's, you know, it's creating that, you know, with going in with the no expectation and, you know, making it as simple as possible so that people can begin to experience that. And, and, you know, for me personally, I always, you know, I have two different practices and I, and I say that because, you know, I, I want to be 
in a truth that aligns with me in a sense of saying one for me is meditation and one is contemplation. And for me, you know, both of them, I'm going in there with a different objective. You know, to me, contemplation is, is different than meditation for me. But for someone outside of me, they would probably say, oh, well, it's the same thing. You know, he's doing the same thing. But, you know, actually, for me, I, I'm... You're going in with different intentions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, because really, essentially, when you go into meditation, there's not typically supposed to be any attachment, you know? So you you go in um, and whatever arises, arise. I mean, I have people that tell me that they meditate and they're journaling while they're meditating. I'm like... Whoa, you know, I mean, which is, I mean, there's, there's no really, I mean, there's, I don't want to say that there's no rules, but whatever works for you, what, what works for you. But the way I, I don't journal when I'm meditating, whatever stays, stays and whatever arises, right. arise. And right. it's what happens outside of meditation where I'm journaling or I'm right. pulling that information in, but I'm not going in the practice with, you know, um, anything specific. Right. And, and I, and I like that too, because I feel that there's some kind of alertness that's required. So if you're writing while you're meditating, there's still an alertness, a logical alertness that's required for you to write from left to right, Right. you know, maybe between yeah. the lines, maybe not, but you know, make sure the book doesn't fall, make sure the pen doesn't run out of ink. So there's still a lot of, you know, a, a lot of dials that mm-hmm. are tuned to make sure that everything stays on par where when you're meditating with no thing in space, then there's nothing to worry about. Right. It is. It, the isness, like Eckhart says, right. the isness. You, you just plugged into space. Yes. And Source. It's yes. a, it's a, it's a, it's a solar panel. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're just yeah. tapping in. Yeah. It's, and it's it, a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I think when, I think, I think when, when you start meditation that it, it takes time to clean that channel. With it, with sure. everything else that's that's yeah. going on and and yeah I I agree with you Aviana because I think one of the one of the the pitfalls of kind of the, the the new age mentality some of the some of the kind of yogic yogic community language is that it's like you can kind of step back and you can just say well this is my truth and you're absolved from kind of anything. Um, which, which could be other, you know, which could be other in, in a sense of like, well, could there be other truths or things like that? And I, I think it's important for us to know that like, this could be my truth, but my truth might not be like, like capital T truth sort of thing. Like it might not be universal truth. And I think that's important. Like, like what you said, um, in regards to saying meditating when I journal, or something like that. I think it's not that there aren't any rules. Like I, I love kind of running into the people where they just say, well, my life is a meditation. And I'm like, really? Right. Is it, is it really, <laughs> you know, like, is it, uh... no, no, if I met a robed monk that was telling me that I'd probably be like, yeah, you know, I'd get on board with that, you know, sort of thing. Right. Um, right. but are, are we really doing that all the time? You know, it's, and to me, that's, it's a stretch because I know I'm not meditating all the time. That's for sure. Um, well, it's it, well. I, I, that's why I love you, is because that's 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 truth, right? That's yeah. truth with a capital T, right there. Yeah. You know, because I've met several people um, who are on the path, and they they say I don't need to meditate anymore because every day is a meditation. And I'm like, hmm, like, <laughs> um, 
how is that possible? I mean, this is this is just my opinion, you know, yeah. um, with 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 what we're talking about. It's it's the fact that if we don't practice, if we don't show up every single day with that intention of space and silence, that space and that silence will dissipate. That's the law. And so no matter how good we get at it, um, I'm never going to stop my practice, but that's what works for me. That only enhances my day-to-day mindfulness when I show up in my, in my practice. So yes, there, I have a, a, a daily practice, a sacred practice. Um, but then that catalyst or that catapults my, um, daily, 24 seven mindful practice. But I, 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 I don't feel that that can, you know, just, again, my opinion, I don't feel that, um, uh, you can just get by with saying my life is a meditation unless you're a servant to source and a yeah. monk and things like that, because that's what they do 24 seven, that, that is them being of service a hundred percent. But we, I feel we have a long way to go with that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I, I think it, I think it is important. I think you, you, you brought up a, you know, good point with the, the journaling thing. Um, <clears throat> is that I think it's important for, for all of us. I know for me that I like to build routine. I like to get into my habits. I like to have my quote unquote practices. Um, and, and one of those practices is to switch it up sometimes just so things like don't get stale sort of thing, like, right. like to, to, to try a different movement experience as opposed to yogic asana, you know, cause we really look into asana. I love, I love hearing, you know, like yoga is 3000 years old. And it's like, first of all, like none of us are working from like the first phone that came out. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> it's like, why is that interesting? We're not, you know, we're not b- driving model T's around like, like, cause those are, you know, it's like things can be updated, but, but also thinking like why it's fun to explore movement because like when you really look into it, most of what we're practicing in the yogic world was like developed in like the 1940s or something. This isn't like, you know, it was, it was gymnastics from, mostly from Germany and, and, and the UK <laughs> that they, you know, Chaturanga is a push up that, that the Brits used to bring to India so they could practice in warm weather. I mean, this isn't like some of the stuff isn't thousands of years old and shrouded in mystery. And, and, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, some of it's just kind of practical and not that, the, but not that that should be any less significant because it was, you know, only 80 or 90 years old. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it can be just as potent, if not more potent, because we need to upgrade, like we need version 2.0 sort of thing, you know? So, so I think it is, I think, I think it is important to, if, if we're so fixed and we're so regimented on this works for me and I got it dialed in, then a lot of times what I hear in that is I'm good the way I am and I'm not willing to change sort of thing. And, and that's not to say that some things are, are, we're good with and we don't need to change. You know, again, I'm not saying that I'm saying that, that like, if we're in a personal growth development practice, if we're in a mindfulness practice, if we're in practices on how to how to grow ourselves and how to access more spirit or more source or how to step into a more heart-centered way of living, then I think diversifying is good. And I, I do think there are some practices that are very valuable to do the same thing daily. 
you know? So it's, it's, it's both, it's an and world sort of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I think that's good. If, if you, if, if we find ourselves coming into a space of, of saying like, I'm good, you know, I have my thing. then I think that it's useful to step back from that and say, hmm, isn't that interesting? I just turned down like the fourth person that was trying to suggest an alternate way of meditating or an alternate way of moving my body. You know, like, isn't that, hmm, I keep having this shoulder issue or I I keep, you know, having being cranky, you know, like maybe it is time to, to kind of like mix it up and, and, um, yeah, that's, that's one of, I think that's one of the pitfalls that we just kind of talked about in this, the yogic mind is that just because we have our, let me put it this way, instead of like truth with, with, with a lowercase here, capital T, it's just because we're honest doesn't mean it's necessarily true, rather. Like I can be honest about what's coming up for me, but it might not be kind of a true universal sort of truth sort of thing. And it's like you get a free pass, right? Yeah. <laughs> you get a free pass to just kind of flow instead of stepping into any yeah. resistance. Well, and I think it's, I think what, what would be cooler or what, what not would be cooler because that's kind of an evaluation, but what, what to me would be a more centered response would be something like, you know what? I think that idea is great. I'm just not open to it right now because I got this thing going on and it's really working well for me. And you know what? I don't want to change that part of myself. And then it's like, okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And, and it's like, and, it, and it's, yeah. it's okay to have that boundary. That's, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. I realize I'm speaking on both sides of this whole thing, both sides of the line. I'm kind of jumping back and forth to like do something different, mix it up, but then like keep your same stuff, you know? But I think if you are going to keep yeah. your stuff, it, you know, have, have no qualms about it. Just say, you know what? I, right. I'm not into that. Like, thanks for sharing. But as opposed to trying to pretend like, oh, I'm all, I'm all good. I'm all kind of got it all, you know, sort of thing. And, you know, whatever it might be. So and, and one of the reasons I think diversifying and switching things up and mixing things is just because like, it's cool. You know, there's so much out there in the world. That you, you can be you can be so curious and it can be so fresh and so new and it can inform what you're already doing. You know, you might change wholesale, but you really might just be like, you know what? This little piece opened up this whole thing in my regular practice. So I'm so I'm not going to do this full time, but I'm going to go back to my regular practice. But now my regular practice has now, you know, shifted in a big way because I, I don't know, because I took a course on how to crawl or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. One of the, so we're, we're going to start getting a little ready to wrap up, but I do want to ask a, a question and, sure. and, and, you know, cause I'm, one of the things you, you had mentioned earlier in the intro was about you know, the distractions. And I know that this can lead into a whole other topic, but I'm just curious as to how you um, minimize uh, distractions as far as, you know, people listening, you know, the same, like, you know, like you and, and like myself and AV, you know, we got the laptops, the tablets, the iPhones and, and all that other stuff. You know, wh- what is your, what is your tech kind of like setup or how do you minimize uh, the, the, the distractions in, in, in your life? Yeah. So one of the things which I was about to check in with early on um, is I have another smartphone application, which um, on iPhones, it's called it's called Moment. Um, on on the, the Android technology, it's called Quality Time. And that actually charts how many minutes 
hours um, I spend on my phone. So that is a good check for me. And if I'm creeping up, you know, in the minutes, hours more than I, than I, I actually can monitor. I check it every day to see what my time is. And then I make a conscious decision um, to put the phone down. Some of it, my tech setup, um, when it comes to phone, is I, I actually need to make conscious decisions to leave my phone somewhere else. So if I'm, if I'm working, I might leave my phone in another room. But especially when I'm eating, my eat, that's like one of my like biggest pet peeves is I don't like phones around while I'm eating. Um, so I leave it in another room. One of the other things I do is I have no alerts on my, and we're just going to say phone right now. I have no alerts on my phone. I don't have, it, it doesn't, it doesn't beep. It, it's the only thing it is. It kind of does is it vibrates sometimes, but somehow I've tricked it where it doesn't, it barely vibrates even when it's ringing. So, um, I don't have those, like those, like little things that pop up that tell you have a message. I don't have any of that stuff. Um, there's a setting that you can put on your phone. Uh, and I'm working with an iPhone uh, there's a setting you can put that puts everything in black and white. Um, and, and that's really great because it, it just like, doesn't look as fun to look at. It's like, Oh, it's black and white sort of thing. I didn't know uh, yeah, that. Yeah. Um, it's an access accessibility issue. It's a contrast. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So it makes the phone look pretty ugly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you don't yeah, want it. Looks, it. It looks ugly. You like don't want to. Yeah. So there's so there's there's that. Um, one of the other, like just one of the things is I've also turned up the size of the the letters, um, just so it's easier to look at and easier to read. Um, you'll get less wrinkles also. Um, <laughs> right. Daddy won't be squinting at it as much. So that's, that's, that, um, that, that's a lot on my phone. Um, again, I, I do my best really to stay away from it as much as I can when I'm like, when I'm going out to eat, leaving in the car, when I'm going for a walk, I don't have it on me. Um, I don't necessarily respond to things right away. Um, so one of the techniques that I've been starting to do more and more is I'm starting to, my goal is to check my email twice a day. I'm at like four times a day, maybe five. Um, so I'm trying to shave down. So I check twice a day and then I actually a lot time, um, to respond to the emails. One of the things that I might do is, um, if I'm looking on my phone, I might read emails, but I don't respond to them because it's way easier for me to use a computer. Um, so there's that. Uh, and, and, uh, one of the things that I think is really important, not really shifting gears, but semi is, is handwriting. Um, I, I think that we're using our thumbs a lot and we're using our fingers a lot to type. Um, so I think handwriting is a really good way to, to remind ourselves and our brain and our body that like we can write really, really cool ways and do different things and like, whoa. So I think handwriting is really important in, in your technology setup, right? That was an original technology was a pen and paper, uh, that's right up your alley. He's speaking so, to your tune right there. So, so there's, <laughs> there's, there's that. Um, I think one of the other things in my tech setup is my computer is on my dresser. So I stand when I'm, when I'm, when I'm working. Um, and standing, I think, is really important uh, for, for blood flow purposes, for posture purposes. And, and in that also, I, I, I take freak, more frequent breaks. 
Like I'm in front of the, Aren't you standing for this podcast? I'm standing for too? most of the podcast. Yes, I've been standing for most of the podcast. I've been doing some <laughs> stretching. I've kind of been walking around. I got I got stuff in my hands and yeah, I got a cane in my hand and everything. And I'm just kind of yeah. So um so that's part of the tech setup. Another part of the tech setup is I have these uh blue light blocking um glasses that I wear which I bought from a video game company, like for gamers that spend a lot of time looking at screens. It's called uh, the Gunners? Gunners, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I know about those. Yeah, that's, those are really cool. They look cool, and they actually and they work, work pretty good. And they work, yeah. So I, I think that is – I think these gla- – these maybe not this brand, but this idea, this concept is, is going to be ubiquitous in a few years just because we're looking at screens all the time. <laughs> I mean, I think I not to interrupt, but I think you need to like text us a picture of you with them glasses on so we can put those as your picture. Sure. For this sure. Yeah, they, sure. Yeah, they, they look they look pretty cool. I will say this, though, on a, on a side to that, um, is if you're well, you know, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's a it's a free app and it's called Flux. F I got it. And then. I yeah, got it. that's yeah. <laughs> and you want to know something this is so this is so fascinating so i've been using flux for i don't know maybe three years two years for sure maybe three years and um every now and then you know whenever someone comes to me you know on on, on my computer i'll actually and i and i always i only do this like once every so often i just i'm just amazed and i'll have people sit at my desk and i'll be like you know you look at my screen you're looking at it and they're like yeah yeah and then I like look at this, and and then I'll turn Flux off. And as I'm turning it off, it it looks completely so different because we're so accustomed to seeing what a screen looks like that when Flux is on and Flux is off, or vice versa. And for those who don't know who are listening to this, Flux, what it does is that it it changes the temperature of, of the monitor to reflect the time of day, and so it kind of turns into these hues. And so during the night, it'll be more, you know, more dimmer, yellowish yeah. kind of to take away from the you blue. Put, you install that on mine and I could, I did yeah, not you like, didn't like it. it. I, I know like it. a lot of people no. don't like it. They don't get, it's not good for the color, but I, it's great for it's the great eyes for and what it does to the brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I, but I cut you off on that. But yeah, so the, so the gunner, yeah. Gunner. And, the, and so you got the app, you got all the whole, the whole thing going yeah. on that. So that's, that's your standing, uh, set up so do you have like a tablet or do you work in coffee shops you take a laptop with you and how does that yeah i take my i have a laptop i take my i take my laptop with me um wherever i wherever i go i do a lot of i'll i'll do like when i write i'll just kind of like dump thoughts and then i'll print it out because i need to look at things on paper um and then i'll make handwritten notes and then i'll go in and, and retype but yeah i i do i do most of my stuff at home um, but I'll, I'll go to the library. It depends if I really need to focus, I'll go somewhere where I can't be distracted. Um, usually a library because that's pretty like you're there. There's not cool new age music around or, you know, people passing by talking or that sort of thing. So, um, but yeah, that's most of my tech setup. I don't have an iPad uh, or a tablet rather. I don't, I think that'd be cool. I just don't have one. Um, I, I like books, actual books, so I don't have one of those, those, um, 
e-Kindles e or yeah, the, the e-reader sort of things. One of the other things on my tech setup too is that there are, there are programs you can get. A friend of mine set them up. I think one of them is called Ghostery and the other one is called Adblocker or something like that. Yeah, so, yeah, both of them for the block all those to block ads. the ads. <laughs> and then I use I use instead of Google or Bing, I use DuckDuckGo, um, which yeah. doesn't track your stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, like <laughs> and no, it, I've never and actually, heard of DuckDuckGo. And actually, believe it or not, they just they they celebrated some kind of million user thing. So. It's really starting to Pick people up. are starting to become. So I think it's because as people become more aware of their of their data and privacy, I think DuckDuckGo is really going to be. It's like a search engine, but it's like a website, and but it's a search engine. It's search it's engine, yeah. specific, and it doesn't it doesn't yeah. track your, you know, like Google does. So Google knows. So side note, I just watched this short video today. Kind of scary. Guy had two phones. One was on airplane. One was on airplane mode. The other one was just, you know, which uh, uh, was on. Neither of them had a SIM card. So SIM cards were removed from both of them. Haven't been set up. Just bought them brand new. Took the SIM, SIM card out. Uh, drove around Washington. Did all this stuff for like, you know, a few hours. Uh, went to the office. Put the SIM card in. The SIM card, the phone ran through a secured wi-fi router that actually prints out where the data is going to and so all this information on the phone was being and google was collecting this information so no sim card on the phone and it was in the and both of them on airplane mode and um google knew the route the person had took where they went the hospital they went to because it was using the the compass calibration so it knew and it's and it's interesting the way Google does it with percentages. So it was it would say a hundred percent certainty that the the person stopped because it was tracking because of the compass. It was tracking when the person was in a car, out of the car, where they went to, the route they took. I mean, it's just crazy the type of information that's out there. But anyway, I'm just saying that because yeah, you know, it's it's just insane. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Julian, uh, where can people find you and what projects are you working on and we are so excited to have you come to michigan Yay. here in the next couple of months yes 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 oh, okay um uh, love when this is this going to come out he's already going to have been here <laughs> no yeah. Um, yeah this is not going to come out in march um it's oh. coming in March. I, oh, okay. Oh, no. We'll I, find um, yeah. The best way to access me right now is through my website, which is which is juliandevoe.com. So that's J-U-L-I-A-N, uh, Devo. So D as in David, E as in Edward, V as in victory, O as in orange, E as in Edward.com. <clears throat> um, my blog's on there, a bunch of the events that I have going on. The uh, I have a ton of free videos from from a lot of qigong to movement fluid stuff. Really, really fun, really fun videos. I have some meditations, all three to five minutes. There's a bunch of the movements that are one to three minutes. So you can just kind of drop them into your day. And um, the only hard and fast thing I have scheduled right now is I'm doing a New Year's retreat in Mallorca, Spain. 
and I got a bunch of stuff coming. I'm just kind of, I, I don't want to share just yet because I'm waiting on commitments and, and just getting everything kind of dialed in before it's really official, but I have, a, I have stuff coming as well. So just kind of stay tuned, I guess. Um, but check, check the website and, and that sort of thing. And if there are any questions, you can reach me through the, through my website and, or I don't know, questions or comments or outrage or whatever's out there. <laughs> or <laughs> slowing, slowing down. down. Yeah. Uh, and we'll have that. We'll, we'll have that, you know, your email and your apps and stuff or, or the apps you mentioned, yeah. we'll have that in the show notes too yeah, for those who are listening. Yeah. For, yeah. So for those of you listening, don't, don't feel the need if you're driving that you need to pull over to, to, you know, to write any of this stuff down. It's going to be in the show notes for you. So you can always, just look at the show notes and then you can just click and it'll take you right to the website or to the Amazon or to the app store. Yes. And I have, I have on my website as well. I have a, a resource section, which has got books and I think some of these apps and some, some people to contact oh, in perfect. case you're interested. And lastly, um, two, two books out. Um, you can find them on Amazon. One is a book of poetry and the other one is um, a book entitled Robust Vitality, which is uh, about different wellness techniques, um, everything from food to meditation to breath work to journaling and that sort of thing. So, so yeah. good. We can't wait to have oh, you here. Yeah, I'm, exci- yeah, I'm excited. We got to gotta get, get those dates locked in. So. Got to get those dates locked in. But again, right. thank you so much for uh, joining us yes, um, this evening, you. talking about a little bit of worldly everything and um super excited for all that you have in store and what's upcoming many blessings to um your beloved dog who's not feeling so well thank you so sending blessings her way and until uh next time thank you so much for joining us yeah you're welcome thank you for having me